Hey everyone, it's great to have you locked into LJN Radio as we actually are rolling out another show for you. We're calling this one I Want to Be A. And of course, we'll fill in the blank with each episode as we bring in professionals from a variety of fields and industries, hoping to give you an idea of what it takes to land these particular jobs and really thrive in them. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and today I want to be a sports anchor. Now, it's not too far-fetched of an idea for myself, but it's also a position many sports fans wish they could slide into. So for those truly interested, we're looking to direct your path a little, give you some insight that's needed to get there. Joining us in the studio is Lance Allen, the main sports anchor for the Milwaukee NBC affiliate, WTMJ-TV, where he's earned plenty of respect from the audience and his peers as well. Lance, thanks for coming in today. No problem, Tim. You know, first and foremost, sort of that uh, cheesy opening question, uh, just uh, <laughs> tell us a little about yourself. I thought cheesy you were going to say professional, because that's always <laughs> qu- questionable too. But um, myself, I-, I basically grew up a sports fan, and, and since I know you, Tim, I can probably speak for you as well. You kind of liked a lot of different variety of mm-hmm. sports. You were really good at baseball, but obviously a lot of different sports. And I kind of grew up in that era as well. Like, you know, uh, I'm going to give away my age a little bit, but I grew <laughs> up in the 70s and 80s, and I was kind of a football, baseball, basketball kid, whatever was in season at that time. Right. That's what I played. Wasn't that good of an athlete, so I always figure, hey, if you can't <laughs> do it, the second best thing is to talk about it. Well, that's sort of where we were looking at, looking at the beginning there is, you know, what attracted you to the industry, and did you always know you wanted to, to get into that? And I, I know, again, some of the details about that, but if you could sort of fill the listeners in on that. No problem. I kind of take it back to my freshman year of high school, and I had a teacher who was fabulous, and that's what's cool about, you know, giving credit to teachers and people that really motivated you throughout life. I mean, obviously, my parents motivated me to work hard, mm-hmm. and other people kind of inspired me to do certain things, but I always take it back to my freshman year of high school where we had a teacher who basically said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And of course, we're freshmen in high school. We sit there and go, work is a four-letter swear word, you know, essentially. (laughs) But she was very good at breaking it down and saying, what would you like to do for the rest of your life that wouldn't seem like a job? And that kind of made us all think, even at that young age. And everybody in the class immediately, it was kind of weird because I still kind of picture it. It was a class of about 20 to 25 people in this English class. And all of them basically said, you love sports. You're you you're you like know all the stats. You know all the players. Right. You're always like doing play by play and this and that, <laughs> whatever. And I thought, you know, that would be really cool to take what my passion is and somehow develop it into something that I could actually make a living at. And right. that's essentially where it started. And I think that is a big part. And you know, we talked about in some of our meetings, the idea that, um, you know, what you really love, you know, treat it so it's not work kind of thing. And obviously it's, it's worked out great for you. Now talk about a little bit in terms of getting into the field exactly. I mean, obviously you talked about sort of getting those ideas in high school, but uh, just sort of the the short version of how you got into the field. Sure. I was lucky enough. It's a blessing and a curse to grow up in a, in a small town. Sure. And I'll explain that because it almost sounds kind of good and kind of bad in a way. Um, the blessing was th- there was a radio station in my hometown. Okay. And a lot of times that wouldn't happen in Milwaukee where they would put a 16, 17-year-old high school kid on the air. Right. I basically, Tim, and, and you know me uh, probably better than the audience, but I was one of those types of kids that from the way my parents raised me, you're not annoying about it. You know, but you don't necessarily take no for an answer. I was one of those types (laughs) of kids. And I I remember I just kept asking the program director if there was anything I could do to be on the radio and just to start to develop my skills. And I think this guy basically was so 
maybe for lack of a better word, sick of me bugging him, <laughs> that he put me on essentially what's the graveyard shift in radio. Right. I mean, some radio stations are on obviously 24 hours a day, but some shut down at midnight and then start back up at five in the morning. And I think it was his test to say, okay, is this kid really what he's all about and mm-hmm. what he talks about? And I would get up, you know, when a lot of high school kids obviously are, are sleeping or barely going to bed, uh, I would get up at 3, 3.30 in the morning on weekends and be to the station between 4 and 4.30 in the morning, fire up the transmitters, get the news, weather, and sports ready, mm. you know, and I was basically a glorified DJ, get the commercials ready, get the music ready, you know, make sure all the logs were set, and from 5 to 10 in the morning, I would be the voice that you would hear. And right. obviously back then, I didn't have a clue hardly what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I was still developing my voice. Mm-hmm. I was still v- developing, you know, who I am and, 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 you know, how you present yourself. But to me, it was an invaluable experience for what I did later in life. Now, right. that was the blessing. The the curse a little bit of growing up in a small town is, yes, we did get TV. I didn't come down from the mountain with stone <laughs> tablets like Moses, uh, but the um, TV stations were in Eau Claire and in the Twin Cities, in the, okay. the small town, Rice Lake, where I grew up. And for me, I always kind of looked at the people on TV and went, how do I get there? Right. I always really liked radio, but I really loved TV, if you know what I mean. That mm-hmm. was kind of like my top choice. And eventually, I was able to obviously get an internship and break into television. But to me, that was the one thing where now that's why I go out and talk to a lot of schools and a lot of kids and and go out of my way to, to kind of talk about this because I didn't really know who to contact at that point. Right. And and thank goodness I had a couple of people along the way that really helped me with that. No, I think that's great to hear. And, I, you know, we're going to get into some of those details to help sort of the listeners out there. And it may not be the same story because maybe they grow up in a larger city, so they don't have that opportunity. But, right. uh, you know, again, you can find your way through. So uh, let's talk a little bit about educational background because obviously that's sort of the, the first formality part, um, other than if you're able to hop on as sort of a, <laughs> mm-hmm. a minor DJ there, so to speak. I guess what what is the background or what's sort of the, the general um, educational path, so to speak? And requirements. And, and right, what like you're that. looking for, yeah, if you're going into be a sports anchor or an anchor in general. Right. right. Mo- most places now pretty much require a four-year degree. Okay. I know there are some people, and there are some people that work in Milwaukee that actually have either a one-year or a two-year degree. Oh, okay. or, or occasionally there are people that break through that they just have a really good personality and, and learn the business very fast. But I think most places tend to want a person who's college educated four year degree, but right. there are there are some exceptions to the rule. That being said, Tim, and, and you've been in the industry for a while and you and you know what it's all about, I think Yes, you need to get that diploma. Yes, you need to have uh, a certain thing on a, on a sheet of paper. But honestly, of the places that I've been, either been hired or the places that where I've worked, they maybe you know ten percent of it is what's on your resume and and what's on a sheet of paper and your credentials, and ninety percent of it is what can you do when the camera goes on? Right. What do you do when the microphone goes on? And how do you present yourself? And they want to see how you develop a story, how you talk to somebody, or you know, how how you react when things are kind of thrown at you in an ad lib or a breaking news situation, right. at least from the news business. So to me, it's more about what you can do rather than what, what your credentials are. When you brought that up, sort of, you know, what happens when the cameras are rolling. Yeah. And, I, and that's one part that I wanted to ask you about that's uh, obviously a little unique to this type of business and that, you know, it used to be called a resume tape. Now it right. might just be an MPEG or a DVD or whatever. Now we're both but... showing our age with tape saying <laughs> Yes, tape. I did too. I did a lot of, a lot of kids out tape. there are saying, what are you talking about, old man? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not go there again. But uh, 
But in terms of that, in terms of that, I mean, it's how much more important that is. I guess yeah. wh- what would a, an employer, potential employer, be looking for on that resume video? Uh, I guess what exactly are they trying to see come out from that person? Sure. Camera presence and and basically clearly speaking the okay. message. To me, and, and and you went through it, I've gone through it, a lot of people in, in some type of performance industry have right. gone through it where – I will freely admit that at that radio station, you know, I thought I had some of the answers, but I knew I didn't have all the answers. And then you go off to college and you work on some things. And then I remember my first TV job in Rhinelander where sometimes you just have to develop into your your body, into mm. your person. I look back at my my resume tapes because they were tapes. So, I, <laughs> you know, that's what they were. But when I was in Rhinelander and I was 21, 22 years old, I look like I'm 14 years old. I look like, you know, I'm a kid. And sometimes you need to obviously not only have a commanding presence, but have, you know, voice and things like that. I'm not saying don't be what you are. If you're funny, be funny. If you're more of a serious person who really backs up what they say with facts, go that direction. I always feel like, Tim, the the best people in this line of work are – as close to what they are in person. You know, sure. I don't go into anchorman voice and talk to you like that. I mean, I'm talking to you and having a conversation. Right. I think that's the the people that are best. And it took me probably a full year or two to develop that in addition to looking, you know, a certain way. I'm not saying that you have to be beautiful. I'm not saying that you have to have a certain look, Ken and Barbie type look. Right. But I think that there are times where you think, okay, why am why am I not at this level? Like when I was in Rhinelander, why I'm not working in Milwaukee? Well, now I look back on it through the prism of history and go, there were certain things I had to learn and certain things that I had to develop in order to get there. I mean, so just sort of from your perspective then, I mean, is it a matter of, I mean, watching people that you respect and think are at that top level? Is it finding a mentor of some sort? I mean, what are some suggestions to help people with that? Definitely both. I I think one is you don't necessarily copy or rip people off, but I think that you can look at, you know, for me, and I'm probably going to leave somebody off, but whether it was, you know, somebody on the national level like Bob Costas and Bob Euchre, all the way down to the way I got my internship was Craig Kashan, who's on the pre and post game for Fox Sports Wisconsin and, and does a lot of Brewer stuff and Buck stuff. He worked in Eau Claire when I was in high school in, in Rice Lake, and okay. hopefully he doesn't you know crucify me for <laughs> saying that he's a little bit older than me. But I thank him to this day because I remember when I was a student in Madison, I saw him, Barry Alvarez, it was his first year as, as Wisconsin head coach, and I'll remember it like it was yesterday. Craig's carrying a tripod out of the press conference, and kind of like what a lot of people do, you know, I just went up to him and I said, hey, Craig, I remember watching you in Eau Claire. I don't know how to do this, but this is my passion. This is what I want to do. I've worked at a radio station in Rice Lake. We kind of had that that connection where I had seen him at a Rice Lake sporting event, you okay. know, when I was in high school and Eau Claire was close to Rice Lake and whatever. And I think Craig at the time was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, kid, uh, contact me, you know, give me a call, whatever. Well, because I was that type of person and I think persistence is is a huge thing with, with whatever you're passionate about. You don't be annoying, but obviously you let people know that you're interested. I called him up. He remembered me. We had some type of connection, obviously, mm-hmm. because of his previous job. And the rest, they say, is history. He gave me that opportunity, and I, I walked through the door that was cracked open and took that. And so whether it was you know a mentor like Craig at the local level or whether it was somebody like uh, Dennis Krause, who I worked with here in Milwaukee at WTMJ, or people that you work with, 
that you look at at the national level. Sure. Obviously, there, there are things you pick up from people all over the place. Um, and not necessarily you copy them or rip them off, but I think there are certain f- things and mannerisms and the way you go about your business that you can take from from people, and it, and it would be foolish if you didn't learn from people around you. Now, how about if you are looking into actually you know, applying for a position somewhere? I mean, obviously there's still formalities to it. We talked about the you know the video resume of your work, so to speak. But I guess what are some of the maybe what's the process in terms of contacting others? Uh, you know, the internship side of things, which sure. I mean, obviously for, for those that are in the business know how important that is. I guess so. Some of those little inside workings in terms of applying and, and finding that job. Right. It, it's really competitive, as mm-hmm. you well know, in television and radio. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you you try try to stay on top of it and hear about jobs as quickly as possible. It's not always the first, you know, resume reel or the first resume uh, that comes across your desk or that you look at that gets the job, right. but you need to be proactive. And I think people, a lot of times, you know, when you when you hear about something, they want to know that you're interested right away rather than think about it and wait and procrastinate and whatever. And then I think it is always good to keep in contact with people. I, th- I think it's good in this business, especially to develop relationships where somebody says, hey, you might be interested in this or, right. hey, this might be a good fit for you, things like that. And, and I think that's that's very key to continue to do that. And then I also think it's good to not just rest on your laurels. I mean, uh, I think everybody in this business, yeah, if I dusted off my resume tape from 10 years ago, I would look different. I, you know, the stories might not be as good, blah, 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 whatever. Or yeah, if I obviously handed you a tape from either Rhinelander or Green Bay, you might be like, okay, what are you hiding? I mean, what have you been doing in Milwaukee the last 15, 16 years? Um, And obviously, I I think people look for current events, especially, you know, specifically in the TV radio business. If I had a resume reel of all stuff that I did when I covered uh, Marquette in the Final Four and things that happened in the past, people might be like, okay, well, yeah, let's look at some current stuff, whatever. I mean, you can have a variety of anchoring, reporting, writing samples, this and that, whatever, and breaking news, how you handle live shots, things like that in our business. But I think a lot of times people want to see more of the immediacy thing, like whether it's, you know, even the Super Bowl now is is almost three years old, right. uh, two and a half, three years old, scary to think that. But, but at least, you know, yeah, maybe something from a big event, maybe something from a smaller event, so mm-hmm. to speak, and then live shots and anchoring and more recent examples. Like if my whole resume reel was all anchoring stuff from five years ago, people might be like, well, yeah, but I want to see something. If I was applying for a job now, they might right. want to see, okay, how do you handle March Madness, so to speak? How sure. do you handle the NCAA tournament? Because that's what's going on now, or maybe the end of the Packers season or something that was current. Right. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice. I think people do struggle with that. Even ones that are sort of have a little guidance, like what exactly do I put there? So I, I like that you uh, sort of broke it down there. I want to ask too about you know, the interview process, because it, that does still obviously, that plays a role when you're meeting with whomever right. is in charge of hiring. Right. I mean, just any general tips or advice and maybe things you remember that, that stood out or that are important in that? process? Sure. Uh, I think with us, so oftentimes it's the visual because Mm -hmm. you're in a visual medium, maybe in TV more than radio. So they want to see in an interview setting. I mean, yeah, you've got the resume reel and things like that, but what plays hand in hand with that is, you know, a lot of times a news director will fire questions at you about current events. And I think, and, and this goes for any job, not just TV and radio, but I think you need to be prepared for certain questions to be asked, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it would be fu- foolish for you and I to come in to a, uh, a job interview where you and I, let's say, are, are 
applying to be sports talk radio hosts, and somebody goes, "Who's the current Packer or the current quarterback of the Green Bay Packers?" And you just sit there and go, "Blah blah blah blah." I, right. I don't know. I mean, right. there's certain things. I don't think you need to be an encyclopedia of knowledge. I don't think employers. Uh, in most positions, unless it's a highly specified field, right. a highly specific field, I think you need to have a general basic working knowledge of what's going on in your community, in your settings, and in the things that you're going to cover on a day-to-day basis. You might not know all the major players or or specific, specific things, but you better know at least the basic stuff. And it's also interesting because now in television and radio, it's a lot of consultant-driven, consultant-based things. So you can get your resume, you can get your resume reel out there, but a lot of times, and you and I would definitely say follow up with a call. Right. I, it's always laughable where you know a lot of places say no calls, and some I will say there might be a few select examples where it's pretty. Spe- but if they like you enough, they're not going <laughs> to disqualify you from sure. a job. Obviously, if you called once, you know, and not and weren't annoying. But I do think that there are a number of places that they go through agencies, they they have uh, consultants look at tapes and things like that, and there's a certain thing that they want of what you bring to the table. We've definitely gotten a lot of great information from our guests today, but we will have to pause the conversation here on I Want to Be A, and in this case, Sports Anchor, as we're discussing that position with Lance Allen, the main sports anchor at the Milwaukee NBC affiliate, WTMJ-TV. Now be sure to catch part two as we'll actually go through some of his daily duties, including the importance of versatility. You can head to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. In the upper left-hand corner, a keyword search, you can type in I want to be a dash sports anchor, and part two should pop right up for you. Meanwhile, go ahead and shoot us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for show topics. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.